Hello and welcome to the Great Southern Grass Matters podcast. I'm James Fremantle, your host for today. And my guest today is Sean Naden, the Operations Manager of Great Southern. And Sean, you are kind of the missing link. Uh, we've, got a, we've got at one end, we've got the salespeople at the other end, we've got the livestock people, and uh, you probably say you're the people that do, do, the, do all the work. Absolutely, James. We're the guys that make it all happen, right? <laughs> well, tell us about a bit about what you do uh, in in the operations area. How many people are there, and um, and, and what's it cover? Yeah, sure. So uh, I look after the operations for Great Southern Southern. So all our facilities, including uh, Brooklyn and Melbourne, Bordertown and South Australia, Scone and New South Wales, and Longford and Tasmania. So over those facilities, we have about 2,800 people. So a lot of my uh, responsibilities is people related um, because obviously within that number, we have many nationalities, we have a multicultural workforce. Um, so people's our biggest, our biggest challenge every day. Fantastic. Um, and I, we will come back to, to hear a lot more about that, Sean. But I'd, I'd like to start, if I could, with a bit of your background. There's a, you, you've got a bit of a, a Kiwi twinge there, I notice. <laughs> yeah, a slight one. A slight one. I've been here coming up nine years now, but they, they still tell me it's pretty strong. Um, but no, I started uh, as a 21-year-old uh, in the industry back in a, in a place called Takapau in New Zealand. Um, you know, and, and only intended to be there a short time, save some money and, and do the overseas experience, if you like. But uh, I never left. Um, well, I never left the industry. I did get to go overseas for a couple of years later on. But um, no, I fell into it and, uh, and love it. Really do enjoy my job. I do relate it a lot to like sports environment, um, particularly in the make side, because we are, again, going back to the people side and our team members, the things that uh, that motivate or work in a culture or in a sports team, we try to adapt in the workplace. So I've been with Great Southern uh, for nine years now. Moved the family over to Australia, um, firstly as a as a, a small stock operations manager, but have been exposed to many parts of the business. Gave the opportunity to manage the Brooklyn facility, which was great learning. Um, to that for two and a half years and, and then got to uh, do the, the operations manager for all the plants. So, you know, the exposure I've had has been amazing. Um, the team we've built is very, very strong now. Um, we've really built a strong team at all our facilities over the last five, six years. There were some challenges early on, but uh, have a very stable team now. So just a, a couple of quick things on your background before we move on, Sean. For, for, I've got a question about Kiwis in general. When you, when you go overseas, do you think of Australia as overseas? Uh, yes, of course. You do? Absolutely. It's not Absolutely. that different. <laughs> Look, they, they do call Australia um, the west coast of New Zealand. I know that. But, uh, but for us, it's still a big journey to go from uh, New Zealand to Australia. Fair enough. And the other question I had, uh, just mentioning how you see the team as a, a sporting team, like a sporting team. What's what's your sporting background? Did you grow up playing sport? 
Yeah, of course, I uh, played rugby in, the, in cricket. Um, so uh, apart from Saturday's result, which of course, uh, Australia bet the All Blacks, um, I've been lucky to have some, uh, a bit of grief for the Australians in my time while being here, but uh, there's lots of banter, don't worry, I get lots of banter when Australia beat New Zealand in, in most sports, but uh, like every Kiwi child growing up, uh, that's all you ever did was play, uh, play rugby, there was no other option really. Um, and, and cricket in the summer. So, Yeah, sounds like a great way to grow up. And uh, I don't think we should scot too much about beating the All Blacks because it doesn't happen very often. <laughs> now, the, the brand Great Southern's been around for seven years now, mm-hmm. Sean. Um, how has producing grass-fed beef and lamb been different to what was done before? I think it's really given us an identity. Um, you would have heard it no doubt from the, the buy and the sell parts of the operation. But, uh, you know, from a make perspective, uh, it's branded. It's given us something that we can align to. Um, we've been fortunate enough to meet a number of our producers, um, a number of our customers, and to be able to see the work, visit their farms, see the work they do with their livestock, um, to be able to see that come through our facilities the work we do from when it's unloaded around animal welfare uh, through to how we uh, dress the carcass through the chillers and the chilling regime, through to the grading of the cattle and the quality of the cuts and the specifications that we produce in the facility uh, from being a commodity-based like product to now a niche-like product with a brand is something that we uh, are all very proud of. And we try to obviously improve that uh, every, every week, every month, every year that we produce it. We've learned a lot um, to what we did on day one to what we do now. Uh, it's significantly different um, to see our customers come out and see the, the pride that they have and looking at the product being produced that you know, then goes to the other side of the world um, is really, really exciting to be part of. And, and all of our team members feel that. Um, we educate them on on the brand, on why we are doing it. Um, you know, if we do not do it right in the facilities, then you know we're not going to have success in the market. It's a little bit like, although we disassemble instead of assemble. If you look at a can of Coke or a McDonald's burger, um, we want to be able to produce you know the consistent like product that our customers customers receive all the time. And that's what grows brand. If you have a great southern steak and it's uh, a good experience, you'll go back and, and buy it again. So mm. that's how we communicate to our team members. That's where they see it. We've got branding throughout throughout all of our facilities. Uh, it's in front of them all the time. And with that, over time, becomes more and more pride. So, uh, yeah, that's how we see it. There's, there's brands being added all the time. You know, Little Joe, Pinnacle, those those brands have been added. The, the diversity of Great Southern is growing. Um, what's the future look like and, and how does it affect uh, your side of the op- you know, operations? Yes, we've, we've seen, a, you know, obviously the pinnacle and little Joe's added. Um, with that comes complexity in a facility because, you know, we have to separate the cattle. We need to make sure that we pack the right product in the right bags, um, make sure that we get our quality consistent um, so that can cause disruption in a facility where you're trying to get the balance of throughput, um, yield, um, balance of mannings and facilities. 
you know, in our, in our Brooklyn facility, we've got 160 people in one room. So the amount of changes that you have through a shift, you want to minimise because we try to keep it simplistic. So we've just got to be careful that we keep that balance, that we don't try to be everything to everyone, if you like. Um, and if we get that balance right and get that consistency right, then you know those brands will only grow. What are the developments in traceability at this point? So we, we've talked previously about uh, traceability project with King Island Beef. Um, how's that developed, and and what does it mean for the industry? Do you think, Sean? It's a big change. It's a big change for where we will be. Uh, our Longford facility's done a great job in, in kicking that off. Uh, and, and that's change. Anytime you introduce change to one of our facilities and complexity, it takes time to get that right. But the story that that delivers to the market uh, is extremely exciting. We have got that reasonably down pat now for our King Island production in Tasmania. The challenge will be when we um, continue to build that across uh, the Great Southern brand and, and across multiple facilities. It's reasonably easy to control at Longford. Um, we do approximately 500 cattle there a day, so it's slower. We have more time to get that right. Uh, we are learning through that process so that when we roll out at our other facilities that have a higher throughput, um, we can do that reasonably smoothly is, is the goal. But it is the way it's gonna go. The AI out there now um, and the technology from you know, when, when we started in the game, and a lot of it was just frozen cutting and, and not much to it, you, you know, or carcass loadouts even, to where we are now um, and seeing where that traceability can be. We also have to move quickly. Uh, we want to lead the pack. Uh, we want to make sure we're the, we're the first ones doing it and, and not last off the rank also. So, um, yes, it will add complexity, but through our learnings at Longford, we, we hope to move that across our other facilities quickly. It, it contrib that traceability contributes to confidence, doesn't it? The consumer confidence, but also producer confidence, I would think? Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, for us, traceability is a, is a big issue in all our facilities um, because, you know, we have many markets that we go to, whether it be, you know, Europe, US, China, um, you know, getting that right with the different requirements in all those countries is complex in itself. Um, but to make sure that we have product uh, from our producers, from our great southern producers, going to the right markets and being able to clearly and easily be able to trace that um, is really, really important, very important to the producers um, and very, very important to our customers because it just adds to the brand and to the story. I think that's, uh, that's pretty exciting. 2020, of course, has brought extraordinary challenges right across society. It's, it's been tough, particularly in Victoria, and, uh, and, and with 2,800 people in operations at Great Southern, it's, it's no surprise that there were some disruptions to, uh, to operations. How have you coped with that, and, and, and what, what's it been like? Uh, yeah, very good question. Uh, it's not been easy. I'll, I'll be very clear with that. It's probably been the most challenging time in, in my career. So from a leadership perspective, uh, when we first got our first positive, 
um, COVID result of a team member at Brooklyn. Um, you know, there was pretty much eight weeks of just intense uh, every day for seven days a week. Um, you know, we were meeting every day trying to ensure that our clarity to our to our producers, again, our great southern producers, to our customers, um, and for us in the operational side, to our team members, we have 52 nationalities on this site alone. So to ensure that our communication to them um, on their behaviours at work, on their behaviours at home, um, and how that impacts their income and their livelihood, and us as a great uh, southern family, we're, was really, really challenging. And uh, we learned a lot through that. We made a number of changes in the facility through social distancing and hygiene. Uh, we worked closely with DHHS on preventative measures. But, you know, every time we had our first two weeks shut down, we came back for two weeks and then we got it again. You know, so that, that, was, that was very stressful. Uh, and then we were shut for another three weeks. And I know that had a huge impact on our on our great southern producers um, and but I've got to got to acknowledge the work that they uh, they did with our team um, in regards we moved livestock to other facilities we processed at our other facilities uh, was it really really you know positive for us as, as a mate team um, but it didn't take away the challenges we had at Brooklyn we needed to communicate and give clarity to our people on, on when they came back to work and we got back on the, on the 31st of August. Um, I think there was a real feeling that we needed to, and they needed to be part, we were one. And every action we took, whether it was coming in from the car park, you know, separating shifts, having zoning in our operations, so clearly mapping where people were every day, uh, QR codes at the entrance, you know, the whole personal hygiene, you know, now we have face masks, we have balaclavas, we have gloves. There is, our world now in operations is different to where it was um, earlier in the year. And out of that will come some good because a lot of our investment, whether it be burn specs or extra facilities for amenities, etc., that's gonna be there forever now. We're not gonna take that away. But it was a stressful time, as it was for all Victorians. Um, and I always, I've, I've put it in the frame that when you're watching something on the news, if you're in New Zealand or you're in Queensland or you're in Europe, and you see an article and you think, oh man, that is, uh, that's a challenging period. Unless you're emotionally working through it, you don't really have the impact. And I've said that to my team. I said, look guys, um, everyone can say, oh, that's terrible what's happening in Victoria. But until you see it, until you see your team members getting tested every week like they are now and seeing what people go through, uh, I just don't think you can emotionally understand the toll that's taken on our team members, but their families, uh, the people working from home, uh, incredible strain. So, you know, to where we are now is an, is an amazing story. I think it's a great outcome where we are today, very proud of, of our team members and our management teams on how they've um, taken on this challenge. And, you know, you look at the rest of the world and it's going the wrong way. Quite an amazing story with Victoria's today. Yeah, and I, I can see that, that you carry a bit of pride about, uh, about that, Sean, and also a real care and concern for your people. Do you 
sense that there's a, um, do, you know, does your optimism and your positivity, is that shared with your, with your workers? Is the, is the morale high? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, because it is, it is people's income. At this facility in Brooklyn, we've got 1,250 people, um, you know, so they've been through it all. They know that uh, everything that they do has the potential to impact their families and their communities. So um, the plant's very proud. Our management team here from, um, you know, Sam and, and the man senior management team down to the plant management team, they have just worked tirelessly. To see them now um, coming every day is a bounce in the step. There's a real pride, um, which is only going to benefit our culture uh, as we move out of this out of this period. So, yeah, I'm very very optimistic about uh, where we're headed. So, Sean, we've we've come out of drought, into bushfires last season, and, and then straight into COVID, pretty much. What do you reckon 2021 holds for Great Southern? Yeah, great question, James. Look, I'm excited about 2021. Uh, for us, it's about back to basics. Let's start a new year afresh, um, continue to build our relationships with our producers, continue to grow the Great Southern brand. Um, it's something we're all very, very proud of, and it will just be nice to get back to some normality and continue our great work and relationships with our producers and customers. That's, that's what I'm looking forward to about. It sounds pretty good, Sean. And look, thanks very much, Sean Naden, uh, Operations Manager, Great Southern, uh, for joining me today. Uh, it's really good to hear that, that middle section perspective. You know, we, we talk a lot about the, the sales end, we talk a lot about the livestock end, but you're, you're the forgotten people in the middle who do the work, I acknowledge that. Um, so thanks for joining us. And you can listen to the Great Southern Grass Matters podcast from about two o'clock every Thursday and follow us at Great Southern Family on the socials. So thanks very much for joining us and we'll talk to you again soon.